everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins pod show. I'm thrilled that you found me, but more importantly, I'm thrilled that you found Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. As we journey together, we will unleash discoveries of how to turn a heart of stone into one of moldable clay for the potter to transform. I hope you'll consider joining me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. And periodically, friends, will delve into my mailbag and answer questions from listeners just like you. So if you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Well, welcome back, friends, to our final day of studying biblical wisdom under our guide, King Solomon. We learned over the course of the past few days that we should not make foolish promises or vows to God. If we don't follow through or only partially display obedience, then we're only playing games with God, and He doesn't look favorably upon us doing that. So Solomon would go on to teach us about wealth, which he was very intimate with. It is said that he was one of the wealthiest men of all time to have ever graced the face of our earth. However, he knew firsthand the perils of pursuing wealth was not an end-all for life satisfaction. Money secures its place at the table when it can help bring others up. And otherwise, people do run the risk of it being mismanaged and watching it slip right through their fingers. And money is an exchange of currency for the value that we bring into the lives of others. However, when it's our mission to use wealth for good, then God finds ways to get more of this divine vehicle into our hands. And with God, prosperity knows no boundaries. And we discussed spiritual warfare over the last few days and the invisible war waging in the unseen realms. And the enemy wants as many souls as he can capture. So the remedy is to be all in for Jesus. And Colossians chapter 3 verse 16 says, To let the words of Christ in all richness live in our hearts and make you wise. And furthermore, Solomon explored death. He discovered that both the wise and the foolish perish. It's only wisdom, though, that can save a person for eternal life. And perseverance in completing projects was also addressed. The conclusion was that finishing was better than starting, and patience is better than pride. We find that false righteousness often creeps in under the guise of illegalism. People may forget why they're being good and performing righteous acts. Their level of sensitivity toward why they're being good becomes skewed or clouded within the effort of always being good. And of course, the correct reason for being good is to bring honor to God. And when we're wise and begin to see life from God's perspective, we notice that wisdom will light up one's face, softening its hardness. And we said earlier that wisdom is found in getting to know and trust God. Most people agree this is a valuable asset to have on our side. When we get to know God, we'll begin to understand Him, which leads to more wisdom. 
And Solomon looked at both the evil and the righteous. He found that evil people who died were often praised in the very city where they committed their evil from people who were leaving the cemetery. And just because God does not punish sin immediately doesn't make it okay. Evil people will not live out long, productive lives. As a matter of fact, in Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verses 7 and 8, it tells us that indeed, how can people avoid what they don't know is going to happen? None of us can hold back our spirit from departing. None of us has the power to prevent the day of our own death. There's no escaping that obligation, that dark battle. And in the face of death, wickedness will certainly not rescue those who practice it. And here we learn that man is deeply and severely limited in his dominion over life. It may seem backward that the righteous often are shortchanged in this life while the wicked are prospering. However, Solomon does not say that we should use this as an excuse to not fear God. This is not the case always. Just sometimes when we look at the world, we may begin to question injustices that occur. But we must remember we serve a sovereign God who will right all wrongs in the end. It's not our job to make the judgments or the corrections. He is outstanding at his job. He would get outstanding on every category in his performance review. And Solomon does a great job in attempting to keep our expectations about life in check. He says in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verses 11 and 12, I have observed something else in this world of ours. The fastest runner doesn't always win the race, and the strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise are often poor, and the skillful are not necessarily wealthy, and those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. It's all decided by chance, by being at the right place at the right time. People can never predict when hard times might come. Like fish in a net or birds in a snare, people are often caught by sudden tragedy. And I'm sure like me, you too can relate to knowing of the fastest and strongest who have not won. Life presents itself to us as unfair. However, this is never what God intended. The book of Proverbs presents life as fair and how it could be if people were all inherently good. Yet we know that we live in a fallen world and this remains to be seen. For now, we live in a sin-filled world where the only control we have is over our own own actions and not those of another. With that said, we must follow through on the greatest commandment, serving God and loving him with all of our heart, mind, and soul. And God longs for a personal and intimate relationship with us. When we only turn to him in times of despair, we're not being fair to him or to ourselves. We shouldn't expect any of our relationships to be sustainable without nurturing them. Just as plants cannot survive without water, nor sunlight, neither can relationships. And Solomon explores the hand of God. Chapter 9 tells us that no man knows the full expression of love or hatred by all things that are before him. And this falls into place with the statements from Solomon that no man has complete wisdom. Only God is perfect in his wisdom. And this begs the question then, why are we so black and white with regards to our love or our hatred? Here's why. We constantly view all experiences through our 
filters, our interpretations, our experiences. We tend to operate from a what we know frame of mind. And this is one more reason why it is imperative that we learn what the Word of God teaches so we can expand our mindset without having to go out and attempt to experiencing varying viewpoints through the school of hard knocks. Solomon says that the hearts of man are evil. The book of Jeremiah also states that the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? And then Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 tells us to guard our hearts. Out of it spring the issues of life. When we guard our heart, this is keeping our focus on desires that will keep us on God's path. God will keep his children hemmed in for protection if we will allow it by listening closely to his voice. He is our good shepherd. And wisdom is wisdom, no matter where it is found. Our society tends to listen and honor those who are wealthy or attractive or successful in the world's eyes. But God's ways are not our ways. He plants wisdom within the poor, so the true connoisseur will seek it. And Jesus came as the most wise man to ever walk upon our earth, and the Pharisees rejected both he and his wisdom. So how practical Solomon was to his approach in life. He said, when you chop wood, there's a danger with each stroke of your axe. Such are the risks of life. Since a dull axe requires great strength, sharpen the blade. This is similar to lacking the skills needed in a particular profession. It's up to us to sharpen our skill set, therefore doing a better job for God as we work for him and not for man ultimately. And in verse 19, it says that a party gives laughter and wine gives happiness and money gives everything. People of all calibers often mistakenly think money will solve every known problem, but this is just not the case. Wealth is not the easiest way to get everything we want when it falls outside of God's will for our lives. Trusting in money over God is a recipe for disaster. God can do much with our little. Remember he multiplied the bread and the fishes feeding between five and 20,000 people when you included women and children in the count and he still had leftovers. When we're spiritually bankrupt, we wind up with nothing. This is when we've been self-reliant instead of focused upon what God can do through us in our lives. Our spirits must be ones of trust. We're told to give generously for it will come back to us. This allows us to seize opportunities as God presents them to us. We're told not to wait for perfect conditions or we'll never get things done. In order to grow spiritually, we need to just jump in head first and sink or swim. And this is really what I've done with this pod show. It's been said it's all about choices. It doesn't matter if we're old or young. Our choices stay with us. And we should aim to do things that are not physically, morally, or spiritually going to harm us. And Solomon offers practical advice for our youth. In chapter 12, verse 1, he says, Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your Creator. Honor Him in your youth before you grow old and no longer enjoy living. Wow. 
It's exciting to be young. Our future looks bright for many of us. Even if we face challenges when we have God in our corner, we can see the possibilities. But sometimes when we don't acknowledge God or we edge him out due to our youth, we position ourselves for bitterness, bad habits, and meaningless activities. Some of the most important times in our lives are when we're young. As our lives are taking shape, we're discovering who we are, and these are precise the times that we need God's guidance. Choices about our schooling, our educational pursuits, careers, and life partners are usually all formed before the full development of our brains at or around the age of 25. And this is exactly when we need God's guidance so that we will make the best decisions for our lives and future lives down our generational line. Solomon earned his right to be called a wise teacher who spurred his students to action by emphasizing important truths. While he taught the plain truth, he always did so in an interesting way. And life offers us an endless supply of opinions. It seems most everyone has one. But one thing is for sure, life is short and we must value the word of God over opinions of others. Truth over conjecture. And opinions can go on forever, yet the word of God is contained in the Bible and in our intimate relationship with his son, Jesus. Our work on earth is the singular purpose of getting to know God and fearing him. If a person lacks direction or meaning in life, the cure is to fear God. If a person thinks life is unfair, they also should fear God and obey his commands. This is how direction and fairness will come into our lives. It seems counterintuitive, but we mustn't forget that God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 and 14, Solomon says, Here is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is the duty of every person. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. So Solomon lets us know that all human effort apart from God is futile. We must always place God first place within our lives and recognize that all good is a gift to us from God. And finally, we're to see that all good and evil in our lives will be accounted for by God, and he gives Gives us that free gift of joy. Now all we have to do is accept it and put it to use. So friends, I really hope that you've enjoyed our deep dive on wisdom in the book of Ecclesiastes and just what Solomon had to say. Later this week, we're going to be jumping into the book of Philippians and getting some good advice there as well. But we've talked a lot about becoming a child of God. And today, if you want to experience an intimate, personal relationship with God's son, Jesus, and spend eternity in heaven and have that solidified in your heart, I invite you to pray this prayer of salvation now. God, I miss the mark and I'm turning away from my sins. Come into my heart. I believe in your son's shed blood for all who acknowledge he took on the sins of humanity, past, present, and future at the cross of Calvary. Amen. And friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, I believe you were spiritually born again. Your next steps are to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you. 
and consider joining a good Bible-based church where your faith in Jesus can continue to grow and be edified by like-minded people. Allow me to be the first to congratulate you on the most important decision you've ever made. Congratulations and God bless you. And friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins pod show will be available most days during the week. A special children's pod show airs on Wednesdays when we're not in the middle of a series. So tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories that you grew up with. And we'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, love in action, biblical wisdom, and what the Word of God says about trust and many more topics. I hope that you'll come alongside me as we explore the Bible together. And if you like this pod show, make sure and hit like and subscribe to ensure you get the latest episodes as they become available. And why don't you be a blessing to someone else today by sharing this pod show link with them. And friends, much of today's pod show referenced the book the grace and peace of God love wins. If you found the content inspiring, you may want to consider reading it in its entirety. And you can easily pick up a copy from my website, pampastorcopywriting.com or at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Dorrance.com. And if you're unable to afford a copy, write to me and I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. You won't be disappointed. It's full of God's word. Until next time, be blessed, and remember, you've been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ forever. And Revelation 22 verse 21 shares the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Until next time, friends, God bless.